your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this very late Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we are back after the Penguins get another win. They sweep the Sabres again in the little couplet series. They get to 4-0 against the Sabres on the season in 21-11 and and 2 overall this season. They are still third place in the Mass Mutual East Division and getting closer and closer to being a playoff lock. The Penguins win tonight 4 nothing. Over the Sabres. I think that is also the, the seventh time or something like that that the Sabres have been shut out this season. And that is just a very bad hockey team. Uh, I was saying this on the locker room app after the game. Honestly, they should just have Eric Stahl stay in Pittsburgh and change locker rooms, keep all of his hockey equipment there, and then, you know, do the same with Marcus Pedersen, have him go to Buffalo and just go to the visiting locker room. Uh, it would have been hilarious if Ron Hextall orchestrated that trade um, during the game. It would have been a peak Jim Rutherford move if he were still here, but, you know, Ron Hextall probably wasn't going to do something like that, even though it would have been really funny. But, you know, coming into tonight, it looked like it was potentially going to be the game that Buffalo wins. It's gonna, they're going to break their 15-game losing streak as Kasperi Kapanen is now week-to-week, week, and that brings the total up to five top nine players that the Penguins are without now. Injury-wise, it is absolutely ridiculous if this keeps happening every single season. I also said this on the locker room uh, post-game tonight. It is unreal. Out of all teams in in the four major sports in this country, I don't think I've ever seen a team have more shitty injury luck than the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise. It is like this. Every single year, they are always at the top of most man games lost to injury. It's maddening. People are going to say, you know, fire the head athletic trader, fire the conditioning people. A lot of these people are just bad luck. You saw Kapanen last night. Gets hit in the boot with a puck. I mean, Malkin gets hit by Tenorti and he's week to week and it looked like, you know, that sometimes you just get hurt with those. Teddy Bluger basically gets cross-checked in the neck. He's out longer term. Jason Zucker, you know, he got his his knee, his, his leg buckled a little bit. He's now, he was he's going to come back soon. Brandon Tanev, not really sure what um, happened there with him. But, you know, a lot of these injuries just, and overall, not just for the Penguins, are just bad luck. That That's the thing here. And no, everyone, we don't need to fire the head athletic training or head athletic trainer, excuse me, or fire the strength and conditioning coach. It does not need to happen. It will not need to happen unless something just weird. And you know, you get people like Bo Bennett getting hurt for freaking celebrating. You know, I don't think that has that hasn't happened um, since that happened. But okay, getting into the game tonight, we obviously have to start with Radim Zohorna, the full-on Mark Donk experience as Dom from the Athletic and. Um, Steve Dangle, the super fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs on YouTube and Sportsnet, have always said the Penguins, when they basically recall a random player from Wilkes-Barre, call it a Mark Dong, and he just scores in his first game. That is what Zohorna did tonight. His first goal on his first shot on goal in the first period of his first game. Hmm. I wonder who else did that. And yes, Jake Gensel did that during the 2016-2017 season. And I also am thinking of someone else that did that as well. I'm sure you all that listen to this podcast um, are thinking that as well. I know Radim Zahorna is not going to be the next Jake Gensel unless he just is a almost a what a 30, 40 goal scorer every year. But he he's a big man, you know, 6'6, but he can really skate 
That that was the big thing that jumped out to me tonight about Zohorna. He can really fly out on the ice. He's physical. Um, he's tenacious to the puck, and I I really like his game. And again, you know, that's basically the player plays one game and he's already doing more than Mark Jankowski has all season. Yes, I had to harp on Mark Jankowski. It's better than harping on Jack Johnson, who, you know, I don't have to harp on anymore because he's not on the team. So, you know, congrats to Zahorna. Hopefully that's the first of many more. And what a shot that was to beat Dustin Tokarski. I was a little surprised that Tokarski started tonight because he just started last night, but he also probably hasn't played um, a lot of games this season anyway. So I guess, you know, Kevin Adams thought it was fine to start him. And yes, Kevin Adams was behind the bench because uh, both Buffalo inter- both of Buffalo's interim uh, coaches had to um, be sidelined due to COVID protocol. So the GM was behind the bench tonight getting a closer look at his team and coaching behind the bench. But yeah, you know, love what Zohorna brought to the lineup. I was really happy with this game tonight and great to see him get his first goal um, of the season and of his career. Um, moving on to Jared McCann, had two goals tonight. I think he's now up to seven goals if I'm not mistaken, on the season. And I said this on the locker room. I said this on my Twitter and both Twitter accounts, honestly. Um, Jeremy McCann has a top three um, shot and release on this team. Um, I know that may seem like a hot take to some of you because, well, you know, he, it's not better than Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensels, or Evgeny Malkins. It has to be behind those. No, I think his release is better than um, Sidney Crosby's. At least, well... Sidney Crosby's backhand is the best backhand on the team and one of the best in the league. So I'm not going to go that far, but I'm talking in terms of a pure wrist shot, snapshot. Jared McCann's, I think, is better than Sidney Crosby's. And it's honestly not that particularly close, in my opinion. But I would also take Malkins over McCann's, and I would take Gensel's over him. I think both of them have a much better release than McCann. But after that, I would put McCann um, as the third best. You you saw it firsthand tonight. He is He's just been a different player ever since coming back from that second injury. Not his latest one, um, but the one before that uh, where he was really struggling to start the season and then came out um, hot as hell playing next to Evgeny Malkin and Kasperi Kapan before they got hurt. Scored a couple goals against the Flyers. Had one big one against the Islanders, I think, in his first game back. I think that was the game that Penguins won in overtime thanks to Crystal Tank's OT goal. Um, and then, you know, just tonight he gets those two huge goals to basically put the game away. And his all-around game right now is just sensational. I would love if Ron Hextall and Brian Burke decided to extend him. Um, well, maybe after this. I think he has one more year left on his contract after this year. So it would probably have to be after next season. I would love if he stayed here for a few more years, maybe up that salary just a little bit. Because if he can produce at a high rate when Malkin and Kapanen come back and that line can get to where it was um, before they got hurt, um, you know, the, the Penguins will have something cooking here with that line going into the playoffs. They will have basically two bona fide first lines, I should say, going into the playoffs just because of how well McCann is playing this year. You know, just his playmaking ability as well. Love his shot. Love his defensive ability. This is the Jared McCann that we all saw in 2019 when he got traded for Derek Broussard and Riley Shane. And, of course, that deal brought Nick Bukestad over as well. It was always so unfortunate that Bukestad could never stay healthy. But I know at least he's doing okay this year, I think, in Minnesota. Um, last time I checked in, the Wild are one fun team to watch. I will say that. You know, Kapril Kaprizov is just one of the best players in the league. He's probably going to win the Calder Trophy, to be honest with you all. But still, you know, great stuff on McCann. Um, we'll also talk about Sidney Crosby now before we do get to the commercial break. Um, gets his 1,300th point tonight, I believe. Um, his 1,300th point ties... Um, yes, um, if I scroll down here, he is now tied with Jerome McGinley for 35th all-time um, 
for points by any NHL players. So congrats to Sidney Crosby. Um, if it weren't for the concussions and all the other injuries, he'd probably have well over 1,400. Probably would have close to 1,450 points right now if it weren't for the concussions and all the other injuries that he has suffered throughout his career. Um, I believe as well, Ovechkin has 1,305 right now. Crosby at 1,300. And Sidney Crosby has played in over 1,000 less games than Ovechkin. And the fact that he's five um, points behind him with like basically, what, 1,000? Um, less games played uh, tells you all you need to know about who is the better player between those two. I love Ovechkin. He's the greatest goal scorer um, the league has ever seen. He always will be the greatest goal scorer the, the game has ever seen. But if we're talking about overall talent between these two players, um, I'm taking Sidney Crosby 10 out of 10 times. And I'm not looking back. And just looking at some other players on this list, he's going to pass Gilbert Perot pretty soon. Um, Pierre Turgeon, uh, Mike Gardner, Devin, Dennis Savard. Uh, Dave Underchuk, Matt Sundin at thirteen forty nine. That's going to happen next season. Guy Lafleur, Brendan Shanahan is at thirteen fifty four. Uh, Mike Madonna thirteen seventy four. He's probably going to get up to there next season if there's a full eighty two game season. And then the season after that, he'll probably pass Brett Pohl, uh, Luke Robitaille, Yari Curry, Doug Gilmore, Adam Oates. Obviously, great all time greats as well. Then Timo Solani at fourteen fifty seven. I would not be surprised. Um, fellas, if Sidney Crosby breaks well into the top 20 all-time for the most points scored by any NHL player. Um, Joe Thornton um, is 1,500 points. Um, it would not surprise me if Sidney Crosby breaks well over 1,500 points. There is a lot more to go um, with him. But still, great performance from him. He has really put the team on his back in this latest stretch. And as also, you know, Jake Gensel gets another goal tonight. I believe that is now seven goals in his last 10 games. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just going to go to his hockey reference Um Real quick here, just to make sure, I believe he leads the team with goals this year. I think he has, I'm just double-checking here, um, including tonight. So 14 goals, 32 points in 34 games, basically a point-per-game player. He's been almost at the level that we saw last year when he had 43 points in the game's first 39 games before getting hurt. And then, of course, the season before that in 2019 had 40 goals, 76 points in 82 games. I will still always die on the hill that Jake Ensel is a top-five pure goal scorer in this league, and he has the production to back it up. He's Like I said, he's basically been a point-per-game player this year, and he is and always will be, I think, the best uh, winger that Sidney Crosby has ever played with. And also as well, just real quick, just looking at the underlying numbers, if you look at all situations on natural stature, this really surprised me. Um, the Sabres were the better team numbers-wise. They had 14 high danger changes for, 7 for the Penguins. Um, if you look at Corsi, 4 for Pittsburgh, 46.4% for Pittsburgh, 53.6% for Buffalo. Uh, scoring chances for, scoring chances against were even at 31. Expected goals was pretty even though. 3.75 for Buffalo and 3.34 for Pittsburgh. So this could have been a lot closer game. The fact that the Sabres had 3.7 five expected goals uh, for, and they were shut out. Just tells you all you need to know um, about the Sabres for this season. They also, their expected goals for percentage was 52.8%. And then if you had a 5v5, uh, the Sabres had 12 to 6 in high danger. And at 5v5, 2.8 expected goals for at even strength. So they were definitely unlucky tonight, and a large part of that goes to the play of Casey to Smith. And that will be the first thing that we talk about in the next segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. But before we do that, we do have to get to a couple things. The first one being bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code LOCKEDON. 
We also cannot forget about Bilt Bar and Bilt Bar Madness. Yes, we have the Enticing 8, as I talked about last night, all ready to go. Today's matchup for the Enticing 8 is Mint Brownie versus Coconut Puffs. Um, I am going Mint Brownie all the way. That is one of my favorite flavors um, for Bilt Bar. If that one does not get to the Final Four, I would be pretty dang surprised. Um, remember, you can go to Bilt Bar's Twitter at bar underscore bill or BiltBar.com to cash your vote. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, so with that, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L-O underscore Penguins. So let's get to some Casey to Smith talk because he has continued to play at an elite level this season. And yes, everyone, he is playing at an elite level right now. This is now his, what, sixth consecutive very, very good start for the Penguins in a backup role. His save percentage going into this game was 918. Well, no, 919, excuse me, on the season. If you go to his complete game log, so his last five starts, 960. So before tonight, obviously 1,000 tonight. So, but before that, 960 on the March 20th against the Devils, 939 against the Bruins in a loss, 1,000 against the Sabres, 958 against the Rangers, 933 against the Islanders, and they lost that game. I think that was the 2-0 um, game where the Penguins just had nothing and DeSmith was trying to will them um, to at least trying to tie the game um, towards the end. But DeSmith has been a completely different goalie this season. Even if you go back before that, I know it was 897 against the Islanders before that, but they won the game. It was 913 um, in early February in a loss. Um, 923 in his first start of the season had a cup had three bad games after that 870 846 882 but you know the vast majority of his starts he's been 913 920 well over 920 or better this season he's giving the penguins um like i said elite level goaltending every time he steps onto the ice he looks so calm and composed and net his movement looks sensational um his glove hand you know everyone liked to harp on matt murray's glove hand and say oh my god this oh my god that but it was also a byproduct of a lot of teams shooting there just because a lot of teams shoot gloves side but to smith is not giving up a lot of goals there and like i said just his positioning looks so much better this season than it was um just a couple of seasons ago and i apologize for the background noise a little bit the dog is moving around um just trying to sleep so apologies for that but you know just going back like i said a couple years ago his movement and his positioning was not nearly as good as it is now. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him, and I would not be surprised if he's to continue to take away a couple starts from Tristan Jari. And, and the funny thing is, everyone, Tristan Jari is not playing bad this season. I mean, he's gotten his save percentage um, above 900 after that dreadful start that he had. I believe his save percentage this year, um, 909. Um, it was well into like the early 800s. Um, if you go back his last five starts, um, so, uh, just like Casey Smith, 929 last night, 943 the game before that, 914, 977, 913, 943. Had a couple 800 games before that, but then 952, 909, 943, 969. So both of these goalies are playing at a very high level right now, and that is exactly what this team needs as they are still without five of their top nine forwards right now. If you continue to get this level of goaltending, um, you're not going to lose very often. It is just not going to happen. Penguins goaltending has been... So much better ever since, um, if you go back all the way until uh, mid-February, it looks like is where it really um, turned around. Actually, it was that game against 
um, Washington, February 14th. That was the one that really got Jari going because um, he had a couple really bad starts before that. It was 903, but then it was 929, 969, 943, 909, 909. And you know, the same with Casey DeSmith. He got hot right around when Jari got hot. So, and that's of course, you know, that's when the team also started to get hot, especially just because Brian Burke and Ron Hextall took over after Jim Rutherford ended up resigning. So, yeah, great to see the goaltending really playing well. Um, again, shout out to Chris Letang as well. His game tonight was one of the probably one of the top three games that he's had all season. And that's saying something because he's been a rock the last five to six weeks. And his performance against the Islanders with that OT goal was something. And his game winner at home against the Islanders, that game, he was flawless. He's just been a rock um, the last four to five to six weeks ever since... Again, you know, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke ter- took over. His game has just done a complete 180, and he's playing like the franchise defenseman that we all have been accustomed to seeing from him over the years. And I honestly think that's the best hockey we've seen from Chris Tang since 2016, where he was a menace in those playoffs. And honestly, in my um, humble opinion, should have won the Conn Smythe. I think my vote at the time was Latang, Kessel, then Crosby. But I think at the time I also might have said Kessel, Latang, um, then Crosby. But I sure as hell did not have Cindy Crosby winning the Conn Smythe that season. But I still like it just because it got a lot of people mad. And, you know, I'm not going to be mad that Cindy Crosby obviously won back-to-back Conn Smythe. But still, great performance from Chris Latang. Mike Matheson was... It was This was a Mike Matheson performance. Great with his puck on the stick, created some scoring chances, but then flopped like a fish in his defensive zone. Almost looked like he was sipping a Corona on the beach at Aruba or something like that. Just because the goal that was disallowed, um, it just I don't even know what he was doing there on that two-on-one, the three-on-one, whatever the hell that was. Um, was out to lunge. Cody Eakin had a breakaway before that. It was a great save by Casey DeSmith, of course. But he let that puck get away. And, you know, that, that's, of course, maybe why you don't want Mike Matheson quarterback in the power play a lot of times. I know I've said um, before that I've wanted Matheson to quarterback the power play. But, you know, I guess when he does stuff like that, um, it makes me question um, my take on that. You know, I honestly question a lot of my takes all the time just because a lot of them are truly uh, freezing cold. Um, trying to think of other thoughts uh, for players from this game. Brian Russ again was great. Evan Rodriguez. I um, I had a listener um, was talking to me about this t- uh, today on the Twitter page. Um, yes, Evan Rodriguez has been great for the team these last five to six games. I thought he could have had another couple goals tonight. I think when this team is healthy, you know, God willing, they do get healthy. Um, he is the twelfth four that will likely um, be in the lineup. I saw a lineup uh, from CK if they want to go Gensel, Crosby, Russ, McCann, Malkin, Kapanen, Ashton, Reese, Blue, Gertanov as your fourth line. And then Zucker on that third line with Rodriguez in a third line center, such as Eric Stahl. Um, that would be one of the deepest teams um, Pittsburgh has had in probably a few years, honestly, probably since they won the Stanley Cup in 2017. So um, I think he's a perfectly fine fit on that third line just because of what I've seen from him in the last five to six games. Um, I know he only has three goals on the season. His playmaking ability is not up to par uh, for playing in the top six at times. But, you know, in a bottom six role, I think he's perfectly fine. I really like what I've seen from him so far. Anthony Angelo, again, I think he was fine. Colton Sevier was fine. He's played some better hockey ever since being placed on waivers. Uh, Martin Kowski, still don't know what he does on a nightly basis to con- to continue having him play. Obviously, the only reason he's playing right now is because of injuries, but he really brings nothing to the table. He's honestly almost becoming the Jack Johnson of the Penguins right now, except he plays uh, lesser minutes, and he only makes 700 k against the salary cap. So I can't be um, too mad about that. And he's also probably not going to come back to the team next year. I would be stunned if Ron Hextall and Brian Burke brought him back. But Cody Ceci, again, was pretty awesome. Um, Adam Gretz had a great tweet during the game. He was the player... 
or just like that situation with that contract, like that's the kind of contract that Jim Rutherford should have signed Jack Johnson for. And this level of play he was hoping to get from Jack Johnson with the contract that Cody Cece has right now. I'm sorry if that was confusing. Um, in other words, you know, he just basically Rutherford was hoping he could get this level of play from Jack Johnson. Um, on this kind of contract. And he, he should have signed Johnson to this kind of contract if he was thinking about signing him at all. But he also shouldn't have signed him in the first place. But CC has been awesome. Uh, I would probably extend him right now two to three years, maybe two to 2.2 million per. He Cody CC is what he is. He's a good bottom pairing defenseman, really nice defensively, can contribute offensively at times, and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. If you're playing him 12 to 14 minutes a night and making him um, be responsible for Mike Matheson, who of course is total chaos, I think that's totally fine. He's been great this year, and I've really liked what I've been seeing from CC overall. But I think that will do it for most of my thoughts of this game. Coming up in the next segment, we will do the listener takeaways. I have not done those in quite a bit. I always like to see what you all have to say. Um, before we do that, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business. So auto bar cars was online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts of hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control models to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks to deliver directly to your door. The catalog on the site is very easy to navigate and quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. And you can write locked on in their how to do here about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Right below prices, all the parts you cover ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. All this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to a few listener takeaways. There's only a, a couple tonight. I always appreciate some of you all sending these in. Fry Time says, DeSmith was solid. Third straight uh, shutout versus Buffalo. Team is doing what needs to be done. Hopefully some positive individual performances come out. Of all these inju- of all these injuries, yes, 100%. And yes, that is DeSmith's uh, third straight shutout against the Sabers. It's hard to believe in his three wins against the Sabers, all of them have been shutouts. And yes, they're doing what they need to do. They're banking points against pad teams. The Penguins are now 10 and two and one versus the Rangers, um, Sabers, and Devils combined. And if you combine that with the Flyers. Um, actually, they are 12 and five and one against the bottom four teams in the division. So, for the most part, the Penguins are doing what they need to do against those four teams and banking points when they need to bank points. And yes, if you all did not realize, the Flyers put up they put up they not put up they surrendered nine goals again tonight. And yes, it was against the New York Rangers. And yes, the Rangers have caught them in the standings. Just just to show um, how bad it is in Flyers country right now. Mr. Nodal says. Congrats to Crosby and Zohorna. Both games against Buffalo is expected. Would have been a great opportunity to see what Matheson could do on an offensive line. Yes, I agree. I think if, if this team gets more injured, it would not surprise me if they actually did go full chaos and put Mike Matheson at forward because, I mean, one, it would be hilarious and something that the fan base, myself included, King Clarkie and everyone else, has been wanting to, to happen for a while and would be so great to actually um, see it happen. Uh, Mr. Ronaldo says, are going to need everyone to step up to get the W against the Islanders. Hope we get Zucker and Tanev back. Yes, here, here on that, Mr. Know-it-all. And I would really hope they get Zucker and Tanev back for those two games. I'm not counting on it. Maybe they get Tanev back for that. I also don't expect the Penguins to practice tomorrow just because they just had a back-to-back. Um, but I'm most likely thinking that they're not going to get uh, both those players back. Like I said, maybe Tanith, but I'm not counting on it. And yes, the Penguins do play the Islanders Saturday and Monday. And if they win both of those games in regulation, they will tie the Islanders for at least second 
in the Mass Mutual East Division. They're only four points out of first place right now, the Penguins. Um, Alan Teoder says, come on, McCann, got to get that hat trick. Yes, he was about a couple inches away from getting that HT as he tried to go for the empty net. He says, goaltending is still impressing me, both guys. Congrats to Horner, congrats Sid. Hopefully they have some confidence going into these next two games. Absolutely, completely agree, Alan. Um, these next two games are big ones, and the schedule really opens up for the Penguins. After these next four games, honestly. So they have the Islanders this weekend, Saturday and Monday. I think, Alan, you said to me, I'm just shouting Alan out on the podcast. I think he said he's going to the game on Monday, so stay safe while going to that. But then after that, the team goes to Boston, play, has some of the Bruins they haven't won in Boston since 2014. But then they see a lot of the Rangers after that. They play the Devils um, all the rest of the times in April. They actually have a three-game series against the Devils in the third week of April. And then, you know, they have the Flyers for a game. Like I said, they finish up with the Rangers. They have Buffalo a couple times. Uh, the April part of the schedule after they play Boston is really weak for Pittsburgh. So if they can get some healthy guys back as the month of April comes, um, this team can really make a run um, as the playoffs get closer. It's hard to believe that April starts um, this time next week. We are almost just about a month away from the Stanley Cup playoffs starting. I think at this point we're what? six weeks away from the playoffs going. Uh, as of right now, I still think the top four teams that you see in the East Division are going to be the, uh, the playoff teams um, come, what is it, May 6th, May 8th, something like that. I do think it's probably, I'm probably 90 to 95% sure that the Penguins will get in the playoffs right now. It would have to be a monumental collapse for them to miss the playoffs. But that's all I have for you all tonight. I really appreciate you all uh, listening to this one. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode previewing the two monstrous games against the Islanders and some other goodies as well. So thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all sometime on Friday.